Hey, it's your boy, the Big Aristotle Shack, and this is the Prime Time Podcast from the Bros Who Think Network. Bitches. What's up, guys? Welcome to another edition of the Prime Time Podcast. My name is Charles Reese, your host. Uh, we're talking Arkansas LSU, a game that not many storylines, but. LSU still has a home game after having big wins against Alabama and Ole Miss. Uh, Ed Ogeron looks to bring his team in 10 and 0 after accomplishing what, you know, a feat that they've been trying to accomplish for a while. And, and Coach O gets it done. As always, I am joined by Josh Lemoyne to preview this Arkansas matchup. Josh, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing good. LSU's 10 and 0. Uh, you know, everybody's pretty happy. And we got a home game at night. So I know a lot of people are happy about that. Yep, back-to-back night games to end the season. Um, you know, it's something that I think LSU fans really like to see. And, Josh, I'll tell you what, I, I like to see uh, night games in Tiger Stadium as well. Yeah, no, I, absolutely. I think it's it's needed. You heard Coach O talk about it. I think it's, it's a tradition thing, but I also think a lot of people just love the experience of tailgating all day. You know, granted, I know we want to be on primetime at 2.30, but it's just something about a night game. At LSU, even if it's not, even if it's supposed to be a blowout, people really, people really come down to Baton Rouge sometimes. I know a lot of family will come down. Obviously, they want to experience the game, but they also just want to experience the culture, the food, the music, everything that goes on before. So I'm glad we got a couple night games to end the, end the regular season. Well, Josh, let's talk about this Arkansas team, a team that, you know, we were talking earlier, guys, got really manhandled by a Western Kentucky team. Uh, is this game a threat at all to LSU? No, it absolutely shouldn't be. And that's not even a shot at Arkansas. That's just a shot, you know, that LSU is, is 10 and 0. They've played some serious opponents, you know, you know, much tougher opponents than Arkansas. And honestly, after what happened with Ole Miss on the, you know, the rush defense and everything that went on with that, I think we're going to see a focused defense. I think a lot of those guys heard the noise all week from a na- from the national media, you know, some of that stuff normally don't get get to that level. But you, you hear you hear these national guys talking bad about LSU's defense, and I think those guys are tired of hearing that. Um, so it should not be a threat. You know, this should be a good opportunity, like we've mentioned in the past, Charles, to get some of these younger guys some time. Well, that is definitely something that I think LSU is going to try to get. Josh, I'd say the only threat is that LSU, uh, Arkansas – is coming in with an interim coach after firing yeah. Morris. Uh, Barry Looney's going to come in, and sometimes you see these teams get rejuvenated. But, Josh, I, I think the point to make about that is, is look, you, you, you see it with O, right? You see it with USC. They rejuvenate themselves, and, and they come out, and they knock off a team like Stanford. You see LSU rejuvenate whenever O took over. I don't think this is one of those cases because you look at Arkansas's roster, it's not filled with four or five stars. It, Look, Morris has had a really hard time getting guys there after he had to switch uh, from what Brett Bielma was running earlier, in, you know, a couple of years ago in Arkansas, which mm-hmm. is that ground and pound game. Now they were trying to do that air raid attack, and they didn't even give him two years. So this roster really is – it's its not good. No. Yeah, Charles, when you break it down, you look at it, I watched some film this week of Arkansas and Western Kentucky game and then kind of started to look what they had. You know, whoever whoever gets this job, whoever takes it, it's they got to give this next guy time. 
you know, just now you've got rid of, you know, one coach, ground to pound, Chad Morris is gone. Uh, you try to do a spread. It's just a mesh of the, like you said, Charles, when you look at the roster and this ain't a cheap shot at Arkansas, it, it is like a weird mesh of, you know, guys that can great at run blocking some guy. You can see where Chad was trying to transition with some couple good athletes. Uh, but man, it's going to be tough for the next coaches. They're going to have to give that next coach at least three, I'd, you know, I'd say three to five years to get this, to really get it back to where we expect Arkansas to be. Um, yeah, it's just going to be a tough, but that does, look, that does spook me as far as an interim coach coming in. Uh, almost every single time you see an interim situation come in, that team comes out on fire and plays well. Um, like you said, the talent level is not quite there, but I, once again, I learned something about LSU last week at uh, Ole Miss. You know, we learned that, hey, they at the second half, the run defense got lit up. They got, you know, they shut it down kind of. So it's another opportunity for me to see, is LSU really ready to make a run at the national championship? And I'll be interested in how they come out, the energy level, you know, and those type things. Well, Arkansas led by Nick Starkle as their quarterback. Look, you, look at that Alabama game, Josh, and uh, – completion percentage for that game he was 26.3 against Kentucky 36.8 completion percentage so you know if he's going to come out and be the quarterback uh, they've had quarterback issues all over I mean they've had multiple guys starting at quarterback Uh, who exactly do you think we see in this game yeah from what I understand KJ Jefferson's going to play is going to probably be the starter in this last week um, they did start John Stevens Jones Jerry Jones's nephew um, but it was rough, uh, you know, just to be straight up honest. Uh, the, they started him, and when you watch him on film, uh, it's just he, he did not look like a Division One quarterback. Uh, and they, they pulled him and went to K.J. Jefferson. So they really – and that's, you know, you know how important the quarterback position is, Charles. And they, they just – unfortunately, right now, they're searching. You know, they're reaching for any, anybody that can make a play for them. Um, you know, Ty Story, actually the quarterback for Western Kentucky, was at Arkansas and transferred – um, they didn't think Ty was, you know, the answer, but he came out and lit Arkansas up. So uh, they probably want him back, but that's not going to happen. So I think KJ Jefferson is who we see. Well, if there's someone that may make an impact, it it could come from their running game offensively. Is uh, mm-hmm. Raheem Boyd uh, a name some people might remember from uh, Last Chance U uh, playing over in Arkansas? He uh, look against Western Kentucky, you know, eight carries. He went for 185 yards. Yeah, I, I mean the guy's got some explosiveness. Uh, is he a threat? I mean, how good is Boyd? I mean, he. I, I think if he's running behind LSU's offensive line or an Alabama or Georgia, he's a guy that probably is closer to 1,500 yards rather than just a thousand. No, I mean, Raheem. Raheem Boyd was highly recruited out of high school. Like you said, he went to you. You know, last chance you and 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 all that deal, and he he played well there. And uh, he's been a, a nice little bright spot for Arkansas over the last couple of years. He was he's by far, you know, their biggest weapon on offense. I, I, he, I to me, Charles. And when you watch him on film, you know, even against Alabama, he, he had some nice bright spots. But obviously it's a lack of talent all around. But um, he, he's an NFL running back. There ain't no doubt he's going to get drafted. Not saying he's a first round pick by any means, but he's a guy I could see going off the board in like the fourth round, something like that. He's built for it. He can catch the football well. He's absolutely the guy LSU is going to have to key on. You've seen their struggles with run defense. I wouldn't be surprised if you see kind of a wildcat look with him. They actually use him kind of as a quarterback position. They've talked a little bit about that in the media up in Arkansas. 
So, uh, yeah, he, he's, he's a guy that LSU should key on. Well, looking at their receivers, not many mm-hmm. threats. You know, no guy really has a, a ton of catches. You know, compared to Ole Miss, they had one receiver. Uh, Josh, I look at this and say, man, LSU's going to be putting eight guys in the box. Yeah, no, no. I mean, that's that's what I want to see, really want to see out of LSU. After what happened with Ole Miss, I think LSU should come out, stack the box early, seven, eight guys in the box, shut down the run, and then, you know, make make these Arkansas quarterbacks that just, like you mentioned, Charles, just really haven't had – can't can't throw the ball. Haven't been able to complete the complete the ball. It's it's been rough. Watching it on film, sometimes I was kind of in awe, honestly. But uh, yeah, you know, they got one wide receiver, Traylon Burks. He's he's their best target. Actually, oh, Coach O mentioned that Burks was a guy that he recruited. He's he's a nice weapon. You know, he's got good size. He's still pretty young, but he's a guy that actually I would say is an LSU uh, type talent. But you know, he's one. You know, I mean, LSU's got four or five of those guys, you know. So, yeah, I think – and you'll probably see as whoever that is, Fulton or Stingley's probably going to lock up on him and try to shut him down, and LSU's going to make them, you know, prove that they can find some of these other guys. But looking at this game, looks like we won't see a Grant Delpit in this game, which, mm-hmm. I mean, in my opinion, it's a good thing. Give that ankle some more rest. Uh, you know, you're looking at Maurice Hampton, who's probably going to end up starting for him if he doesn't go. You know, is that a threat? having a, a freshman come in and start at safety or I mean is this Arkansas offense pose zero threat to this defense no no I, I think it's it's something it's something to keep an eye on you got a guy you know Cordell Flott true freshman Maurice Hampton who's going to be back there now this is his first time starting at safety true freshman uh Stingley yeah I know it's his it's his 11th game and he, but he's still a true freshman and we've seen him in the Alabama game make a few freshman mistakes through the, throughout the year um so yeah I think there's a little bit of concern there but you know I think they'll manage that you got you know Kerry Vincent Jacoby Stevens I think they'll try to mesh that as best as they can where they don't leave these guys out on the island too much but I, I'll be interested to watch Maurice Hampton he was highly recruited you know um Played baseball as well. You know, he was he was going to be a pretty high draft pick in baseball as well. So it's it's going to be a, a good opportunity for us to see some of these highly recruited guys from last year's class. Well, looking at LSU's offense facing this Arkansas defense, Josh, I mean, this is one of those games where Joe Burrow is just going to further his, his path to 50 touchdowns this season. Yeah, I mean, when you look at their, when you look at their defense, I think the linebacking core is probably their strength. Uh, Harris there, the the fella from from New Orleans area, he is LSU recruited him, but didn't look like he was going to be a take for LSU, and he ended up going to Arkansas. Coach O talks about him a lot. Uh, that I think if they had to do it all over again, they would have went ahead and take his commitment. Um, he ended up being a one a really good linebacker. That's their linebacking core is pretty much their strength. But if you watch him on film, Charles, the talent's not there on, on the defensive line. So when you put the film on, they get. They get pushed off the ball pretty easy. They have one of the, the the rushing defense. Let's see, I got these numbers in front of me here. They have the uh, number, let's see, 123rd ranked run defense in the country. They're ranked 14th in the SEC. They're dead last. Honestly, Charles, this is the game. I know we say it a lot. I think we're going to see a lot of Ty Davis. We're going to see Clyde early. You're going to see some John Emery. I think LSU just – I know we're going we're to get some Joe. And we are, but I think coming that third, fourth quarter, Charles, I think we're going to see LSU just kind of pretty much run the ball on these guys. And I think it's a good game now to get Emory some carries, get Ty more carries, and probably see some Chris Curry as well. 
Well, look, there was an article, and credit to Moscona for pointing this out. I think him and um, and the guy that produces the show brought this up. It's an article saying, can Justin Fields catch Joe Burrow and win the Heisman? And, and look, it happened last year where Tua gets injured at the end of the season. And, you know, you've got a guy, you know, nipping at his heels last year. But, Josh, I don't think that's the case mm. in the situation. You know, there's no Kyler Murray behind a Burrow right now. But, you know, this is one of those games where two, three touchdowns, you know, you put up 200 yards and you play half. I mean, that's that's it helps, you know, to yeah. secure the Heisman with not many games left. But, you know, something to look at, too, is LSU is running the same offensive line as they did last week is uh, they don't expect Deculus to play again. And um, they also don't expect or Sadiq will not be playing due to coach's decision. With that being said, look, I thought the offensive line played pretty well last week. I did. Look, I was surprised. We talked about it on the, we talked about it on the recap show that look, you when you get 700 yards of offense and your both of your tackles are, are that are playing or the number 2s, I mean, come on. Yeah, I'm not going to complain one bit about that. Even coach O said, you know, they didn't play perfect, but I mean, he ain't going to complain about racking up 700 yards of offense, you know. So, um I think it's kind of good. I think it's good now these guys are getting some more reps. It's going to be week 2. They they should feel a little more comfortable in that position. Um, and yeah, I mean, and how you mentioned Joe and coming out, putting, putting a few stats up, uh, doing what the LSU offense has done. Yeah. I mean, I think that's what happens. That, that's, let's hope that happens. Right. And we could joking be pulled there, maybe early third quarter, maybe at half that's, that's all he plays. Um, you know, that's really, that's really what we want to see. I, I just don't think this year, Charles, as far as the Heisman goes, it's, it's just not there. And nothing against Justin Fields. It's just up to this point. And I know Ohio State's got a few big games coming up this week, Penn State. You know, it's he just doesn't have the moments. I mean, their schedule doesn't call for it. So Joe's got the moments. He's got the Heisman moments against Texas. He's got it against Alabama. He's got those. When you think back of this season in college football 10 years from now, even though if you're not an LSU fan, you're going to remember, oh, man, that was a season with Joe Burrow. I mean, that's that's where I think – especially with the Heisman and, and going to New York and all that, uh, Charles, I just think they got so much with Joe, uh, so much story to tell, you know, so I think it'd be hard for Joe to lose the Heisman at this point. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you there. I, I think Burrow plays a half. You see some of Miles Brennan and Coach O was t- asked about him tonight on the Coach O show. And they asked him, you know, between now or the end of fall and now, what's the difference in Burrow and in, uh, in Miles Brennan? He said night and day difference. He said Brennan's going to be able to take this offense and run with it next year, which, you know, is, is uh, confidence for a guy like Brennan that, you know, Coach O feels that way. I think we're going to get to see a lot of Brennan play this week, you know, as well as guys like Ty Davis, uh, John Emery, uh, maybe some Trey Palmer this week, um, you know, some sightings from a guys like Derek Dillon. You know, I, look, Josh, I think this is one of those games where a lot of these freshmen from this class from last year get chances to play. And, and, you know, some guys, yes, they'll be able to play and keep a red shirt. Some, you know, I think, you know, have already used their red shirt up. So they're not going to uh, – or they've already had their four games. So, you know, they're probably not going to, you know, they're not going to take a red shirt this year. But I think you see a lot of impact in this game from freshmen. Uh, Josh, who are some freshmen that you think that we haven't really been talking about this year that could have a big game, that we could see some – I guess, in a way, bright moments and insight into what we can expect from them in the future. Yeah, I mean, that's, I think there's a couple names. We we are we already talked about Maurice Hampton. I think uh, that's a name, obviously, to 
to to key on. How about a Marshall Brooks, right? I mean, I know we've seen him flash already this year, but I'd like to see him play some extended time, Charles. Let's see him really rush the passer for almost a you know a complete game. Let's see if he gets you know he gets 25, 30 snaps at rushing the passer to see how much damage he can really do. Um, you brought a name up, Trey Palmer. I'm really I really would like to see Trey Palmer, Charles, uh, take punts this entire game. Uh, you know, now he gets out there and he, he drops one on the, on the, the first punt of the day. You know, obviously you put Stingley back in. But I, I really like to see Trey back there taking punts all game to see, is he really that weapon? Because he sure did look like him when, you know, the first opportunity he got. He just seems like the punt returner, it just fits him a little. He's quick. He's got that twitch about him. He's really fast. Um, so, you know, that's that's a guy I'd, I'd really be interested in to see. And you, you know, you brought up John Emery um, and Ty Davis. Let's see Emery get 15 to 20 carries in the second half. Let's really see some of that talent that we've been hearing about. Even a couple of carries he got last week, Charles, you, you could see the talent. It's there. If he can hold on to the football, he's going to get a lot of carries next year. All right, I'm going to make my point about him holding on to the football because I've actually said things about it too. But, you know, uh, looking back at his Destrehan days, talking to some people, Josh, when he fumbled the football, even when he fumbled for LSU this year, when he fumbled, he's fighting for more yards. Yep. You know, he's he's not a guy that, you know, he's getting in the hole and they're they're hitting the ball out, you know, where you normally see fumbling issues. It's been more of him fighting for yards. But look, Josh, I think it was one of those games, I agree, where you want to see a lot from him. You know what you have in Ty Davis, but it's another opportunity for Davis to get more carries. These guys get more experience in a college game because that's what it's all about. You know, you, yep. you're at the end of your high school career and you're really talented and things just – you just see pats. You come to college and those holes tighten up. You know, you go to the NFL, things tighten up. And so they have to learn how to let the, the holes open up for them, you know, be able to have that ball carrier vision. And this is one of those opportunities for him. Look, Emory had a, some good runs against Ole Miss. Yep. Uh, I, I expect to see that this week. I expect to see some guys on defense as well. Maybe we see a Ray Parker this week, you know, a guy that could, could still hold on to his red shirt. Uh, Dante Starks um, you know there, there's some guys from this class that I would like to see play uh, because you know what there's a pretty good recruiting class coming in next year and there's gonna be one after that and one after that so right, right. this is one of those opportunities for guys to not only get experience and show what they can do in in-game action but you know if things don't work out we're in the age of the transfer days this is one of those opportunities for them to get some film out there as well Josh but you know uh you, Look, Josh, there's there's not much to talk about for this game. I, I think that LSU is going to uh, is really going to dominate Arkansas. Um, you know, a, a lot looking forward to next week uh, for that A and M game. It, it, look, it's a game that Josh, I'm excited for. I know you are as mm-hmm. well. But nothing beats uh, the excitement the players have because there's some bad blood in that game. I mean, there's bad blood in the fans. You think it's bad between the fans? Uh, this one's kind of like that. Florida rivalry, you know, but yep. this one has a lot of ties because LSU really dips into Texas for some of Texas's top talent, and they come to Baton Rouge. So, uh, look, I, I, I don't think LSU is going to overlook Arkansas. It's obviously not a trap game. LSU could play a D game and still beat Arkansas by 20, 30 points. Um, but, you know, Josh, do you think that LSU actually covers in this game? Oof, man. <laughs> the cut, what, I think it's at – what. It's at 46. 46 is and it a half? Still, yeah, I heard somebody say 40. 
who am I to say that, you know, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna tell Joe he can't score his fifty five and sixty five like you know Paul Feinbaum said you're crazy because he's done it all season. So you know what? LSU, yeah, why not? LSU's gonna cover. I, I mean I think they could probably go out there and you know, I just it's still crazy. I still have a problem predicting scores in the fifties, but they make a fool of me all the time because they do it a lot. So I wouldn't be surprised at all, Charles, if this score hits mid fifties, even to the sixties. If depending on, you know, how long they leave Joe in, I just think LSU's got too much talent for Arkansas. And, you know, I think it probably a 55, you know, a 52 to 14 game. You know, I think it might get, they might score, you know, it might get a few points just because LSU's going to be playing a lot of freshmen. They're going to get a lot of guys in. So it could be a 55, 21 game. You know, that's kind of how I see it. So, so what do you see the score being and give like a one or two keys to, to LSU coming up on top? Yeah, like I said, I think for the for the score, I think you're probably looking at it 55 to 17. I'll go with that. I think that's kind of what I've been thinking about most of the week when I was looking at film on this. And for a key for LSU to be on top, I think look, it, it, do what you've been doing all year. You know, run that offense. Uh, this should be a good week for Joe and them guys to work on a few things. And at Ole Miss, you can tell that they were. They'll frustrate a little bit. Joe threw a couple of interceptions, so I know they'll be they'll be ready to work on that. Uh, I also think it's a good opportunity for LSU to work on the run game. You know, work on some of those run schemes that you're going to need down the line. The SEC championship game against Georgia. I'd like to see LSU really establish the run in this game, and that's odd for me to say because we such a a pass happy game. But I think this is one of those games that you can really run the football hard on these guys and really work on some things, some alignments, things like that. Um, we you know with some some better teams headed, headed down the road. And on defense, you know, I'm going to be cut and dry. They, they got to do a better job of stopping the run. And if Arkansas does one thing good, they run the ball halfway decent with Boyd. He's, he's a good running back. He's an NFL talent. Um, so LSU has to stop the run. That's, that's what I want to see this week. Yeah, I, I'm similar in my, my score prediction. I actually think LSU can cover in this game. Yeah. Um, but I, I think LSU, you know, a 56-13 to uh, 13 type of game. Uh, is 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 something that I can see happening? Or fifty six to ten, maybe some garbage points at the end. I, I don't think the first team defense gives up a score, and if they do, that's going to be the first topic we talk about <laughs> on Monday, Josh. But you know, let's go ahead and get into some other parts of uh, of what we kind of been talking about on Twitter. You know, some stuff I told you I want to talk about going into this week was I want to talk about the rankings. You know, this is a big week in terms of rankings. For what's behind LSU, because you have to remember, LSU gets that number one spot, according to the playoff committee, at the end of the season. They get to pick where they play. And I think that's big, because if an Oregon team makes it into uh, into the college football playoff, and you make them go all the way to Atlanta, man... That's going to be an advantage for LSU in the home crowd. So, Josh, looking at this Penn State game, mm-hmm. look, Penn State has a bad loss in a way. You know, they they lost to Minnesota, who lost to Iowa last week. So that you know that win doesn't uh, that loss doesn't look as good as it did a couple of weeks ago. Uh, it seems that Ohio State's going to be able to beat Penn State, but I think this may be their first true chance to see how good this Ohio State team is. You know, no, I, I think. I think you're right, Charles. I had a lot of people push back on me. Well, Ohio State played Wisconsin, and, you know, I have nothing against Wisconsin. They're a quality football team. But when you break down Wisconsin, 
they they just can't throw the football. They have the 104th ranked passing attack in the country. Yeah, we know we know they can run the football with their you know their Heisman running back. Their you know he's been a Heisman candidate now for a couple of years. We know they can run the football, but to beat a team like Ohio State, you got to be able to do it on both on both ends. You know you're not going to beat Ohio State by just running the ball right down their throat. They're not going to allow it. They got too much talent. So this is this week, Charles. I want to. I'm not saying Penn State's going to go in, go in there and beat them. But at least we'll be able to see them guys with more of an equal opponent, more equal talent. I'm curious to see how Ohio State handles a team that can run the ball a little bit, can pass the ball a little bit. You're going to get more of a, a pro-style schemes coming at them. So I think Ohio State wins the game. But I don't see, I don't think we get one of those, you know, like they've been doing to a lot of these teams that are struggling this year. I don't think it's going to be a 55-10 to 10 game or anything like that. I think Penn State actually plays them pretty tough. Well, I saw you brought the point up, you know, with the Rutgers game for Ohio mm-hmm. State, you know compare that to the Ole Miss game. Josh, I want to bring this point is you look at what Ole Miss did against Alabama is pretty similar. Look, the number of yards was, wasn't the same, but Ole Miss put up 31 against Alabama. And it's like people forgot that even happened, you know, yeah, it's crazy to me, but Josh, you know, looking at it, you know, something else is, is that Clemson team because Clemson's not losing a game this year. Cause they're not playing anybody. I mean, I don't think Clemson's going to have a ranked win besides A&M. And at the end of the year, how many losses will A&M have, you know? So you look at what Clemson did against a team like UNC, and and people kind of forget that game. Why are the talking heads forgetting about these wins that, yes, you know, the committee looks at it it as a win is a win. So, yes, maybe LSU gave up a certain amount of yards to Ole Miss, but the eye test, you know, doesn't matter when you look at quality wins and it seems like LSU's got that advantage over Ohio State right now because if that Ole Miss game mattered you know they probably would have put Ohio State ahead of LSU and look it, it makes sense right you look at the, t- the film Ohio State really hasn't played that difficult of a, a quality of opponents so far this season yes they played some teams that are in you know the top 50 or whatever of college football in teams with winning records and Ohio State looks good on offense, and they look really good on defense, so they're the total package, right? But this Penn State game is something that I'm really interested to see. But, you know, it's crazy, though. You hear these talking heads talk about a team like Clemson, and the things they've been saying about Clemson this week is Clemson's a complete team because they can run the ball with Travis uh, Etienne. And, and yes, right. look, I, I think they can. But do I think that Clemson is a better team than LSU? Josh, hell no. <laughs> no, no, I'm I'm with you, Charles. That it, when you, when you break down the film, and I've watched film of of Ohio State and Clemson, um, and I'm not saying they can't do it. It's just LSU's battle tested. I've said this all season. You're not going to tell me headed into a game if LSU's playing Clemson tomorrow that LSU the LSU side of the house don't feel confident they can win that football game. Clemson hasn't, you know, they they they've been pushed to the limit against North Carolina. They haven't played a team with with a talent like LSU LSU has. So I really want to see Ohio State, you know, get tested these last couple of weeks against at least you know more quality opponents. And you look at Clemson, who's a complete team. Yeah, uh, you know they they got the talent there, but they lost a lot of guys on that defensive line to the NFL. Okay, a lot of really good defensive linemen. Yes, they reloaded, but that defensive line, when you go break down a film, is not close to the same talent level yet as the defensive line they had the last couple of years with all those first round picks. So let's see Clemson, which we're not going to get an opportunity to see Charles until the, until the playoff. Say, you know, let's see Clemson, uh, you know, against Ohio State, against LSU. That's and it's it's really kind of sad. You know, that's 
that we have to wait that long to see Clemson play a, a quality opponent. <laughs> yeah, even their ACC championship game won't be yep. against uh, a quality opponent at the end of the day. I think maybe the South Carolina game may be the most quality opponent they play. You know, South Carolina team that beat Georgia. Uh, see yeah. what kind of game they can give Clemson. I mean, it's a rivalry. But, you know, you speak about battle test to Josh, and I think that's big for LSU, you know. I think that's big for scheduling. You know, you want to be battle tested because, look, that Texas game could have gone either way. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, it still would have been a game where LSU was battle tested, which helped them against the Florida and Auburn. And to be honest – I think if Alabama was as battle-tested as LSU, there's a good shot that Alabama could have won that game. I guarantee you it wouldn't have been the same first half that we saw, you know, because yep. it seemed like Alabama, it took them a half to really get adjusted to what was going on and, you know, find their footing in that game. And I think that's something that could happen to Clemson. I think Clemson could come out in that first half, play really bad. But, look, Ohio State's going to be a team that's tested, um, I, Josh, if you had to predict the way the, you know, the playoffs are going to fall today, you know, end of the season, let's say Clemson, Ohio State, LSU, they all went out, they won their championships. Mm-hmm. And who do you see as that fourth team and how do you see one through four? Yeah, I mean, when you break it down as it sits right now, I think if LSU can win out, you know, we just say we just hold them where it's at right now. Everybody wins out. I think it just. I know Ohio State, if they can win, they're going to have a couple nice wins at the end of the season. But LSU is going to, you know, play in Arkansas. And then it looks like, you know, well, depending on what Texas A&M does, that's still a decent win. A&M's got some talent. So I think LSU has to sit at number one. I mean, there's no way that I can look at that. And the AP voters had, I think LSU had 56 first place votes. Ohio State had like four or five, you know. With, you know, So I think most people that pay attention closely still consider LSU a dominant number one. So I think it's, you know, one LSU, two Ohio State, three Clemson. And then, you know, for Charles, I really, I've been, I know you mentioned Oregon. I just kind of feel like it's, it's kind of theirs to, you know, we talk about Alabama on the outside looking in. And it, I just, if I had a guess right now, I think Oregon gets in. And I just think that's, you know, I think that's kind of what the committee and I think the, the, the media would kind of like you kind of get that team working out there from the West coast. Um, and I think it'd be interesting. I, you know, I just, I think you'd, you would see a lot of frustration and fan hoopla if, if Alabama found a way to sneak in the LSU Georgia game is going to be interesting. If you know, in the SEC championship game, if Georgia wins that game, now that now, then we got chaos in Georgia, maybe and LSU get in. So, but you know, you no, can yeah, talk if, about that. If that happens, if that happens, Georgia and LSU both make it. 100%. I know that's. I agree. 100%. Yeah, I think. Yep, I think LSU still gets in if they go. They lose to Georgia. Now, let me say this: they got to lose to Georgia in a, in a good, good game. They can't go get thumped by thirty-five or nothing. But I don't think see that ever happening. But not yeah. with this team. But yeah, but I'm, if LSU loses in the SEC championship game, I still think they sneak in probably in that fourth spot. Um, I just think they earned that right, you know, at, at this point in time. So that's kind of that's kind of how I see it at, right now. No, look, I, I agree with you. I think if, you know, the top three went out, um, I, I think that it's the winner of that Pac-12 game. Mm-hmm. Or you could see maybe an Alabama sneak in, you know, because Ugh. they don't look at the injuries. And if Alabama sneaks in and LSU's won, Josh, hell yes. Because <laughs> <laughs> there's no two of playing in that game. And I'm, I, I cannot. I would not. I'd be very happy. I, look, I've got it. I've got my ticket booked already for the national uh, national championship game. 
I will get a semifinal game if it's in Atlanta just for that, <laughs> just to get a, a makeup for, for what happened in 2011. But, Josh, you know, I think if there's anything that could happen that could rub LSU fans wrong is I could see Ohio State jumping LSU this week and staying there until after the championship games when LSU plays Georgia. Let's say LSU beats Georgia, which will be a one-versus-four matchup. LSU re-jumps Ohio State because then that's another top four victory in terms of playoff committee and how, who they had ranked in the top four. Because you have to remember, Penn State's not even a top five team anymore. Michigan is not a top ten team, right? And LSU's had victories against more top ten teams right now than Ohio State could have even if they won out, including the Big Ten Championship. So I, I think that LSU ends up number one. And then, Josh, you got one more topic to talk about because you thought I was high this week when I said that. <laughs> when I said that Nick Saban is the person that saved LSU's football program. But someone brought this point up to me and, and you as well. And I think it makes the most sense, although I think they jumped the gun a little bit too fast by saying Nick Saban built the program. Look, LSU's had good coaches in the past. They've had, you know, talented teams. But the consistency was never there. You see what Nick Saban did, taking a three and eight team to, uh, you know, a bowl game where mm-hmm. they they won a bowl game and then they go to the Sugar Bowl the year after with Rohan Davey, set records, and then not too far after that, you're playing for a national championship game and a game in which you win. And LSU is the talk of the town. And you know, if it wasn't for Nick Saban leaving, I think that you know you're talking about a four, maybe five championships at LSU. And then Les Miles continued it going, right? So Les Miles, you know, kept status quo, but the building kind of started to deteriorate, right? And then he brought the point up that Ed Ogeron's rebuilding the building, uh, someone said, with granite and marble. I think right, right. just calm down a little bit, all right? Because <laughs> we haven't won a championship yet. We haven't won an SEC championship yet. We're, right. st- we're still trying to win the division, which can happen this week with a victory over Arkansas. But, Josh, I, I think that um, – you know, if there wasn't such bad blood between LSU and Saban, let's say he stayed in the NFL, I wouldn't be surprised to see a statue of Saban, Miles, and Ogeron one day. Oh, oh man. Yeah, are you still high? But <laughs> <laughs> No, I mean, yeah, I just think that the Saban, the Saban statues, are, it's just not going to happen with LSU fans. I think there's too much hatred there now for what happened there is. at Alabama. There's yeah. a ton. There's yeah. a ton, but – what you have to think about what Saban did for this program is he brought in good coaches. I mean, you see the coaching tree and oh, yeah. who, who's coaching in big places now from LSU. And, and, and another thing you have to think about what Saban did is he put the fence up around the state. And he brought that idea here. And that's something Ogeron did last year. Look at his class last year. He had almost every single player uh, that, that was a quality, decent player in the state, stayed in the state. Mm-hmm. And, you know, top 10, I think he only lost one or two guys. And, and that's what's, that's the idea that, or the mindset Saban brought in. And it's something that I think O's going to have to continue to do uh, to have quality teams and consistency. Because that's the biggest thing, is consistency and building things in the program that continue to keep the projection upwards. I mean, you think about the Cox Center. You know, you think about mm-hmm. what Alabama has done by winning championships – They've, able, they've been able to get better academics. They've been able to build new buildings. I, I mean, 
when you think about the money that gets poured into a football program and this whole new recruiting or not new recruiting, new locker room and new football ops and all the renovations they did and people were left and right saying, why are we doing this and that? Well, yes, I'm sorry, professor, that you're, you know, vacuuming <laughs> your office with your old dustbuster, but maybe next year, the year after you can get you a nice uh, Dyson or, you know, right, right, <laughs> a, right. a fancy vacuum because so much more money will be coming to this university. Football helps in all aspects of a program. But uh, look, Josh, it, it's, it's an interesting topic. It's an interesting debate. But I, I don't think this program would be where it was if it wasn't for what Saban Miles and now what Ogeron is doing. Yeah, no, I, I think the important part of what you said there about Saban is he, he put the fence up around the state. And to, throughout the 90s, and you know, Jerry DiNardo and that stuff, we let wait. And I'm not going to get all deep into that for some of the young listeners, but there was a lot of talent that left the state that ended up being Hall of Famers, okay? And Ed Reed, a Warwick Dunn. Warwick Dunn, that's the one yeah, I was a Patrick, a Patrick Sertain. I mean, man, there was uh, so much talent that left this state that when Saban, Saban knew that, you know, he, he'd been in the NFL and he'd been at, at Michigan State, he said, First thing, if, if I can lock up the talent in the state, we're going to be pretty good. We might not win a national championship, and we, we're going to be pretty good. And that's what he did. He locked up that talent and keep a guys like a Marcus Spears in, ta- in, in town, Marquise Hill, you know, guys that were just core guys. It might not have been superstars, but, man, you were rotating in studs, you know, quality NFL talent, and that's what he did. And I think Les Miles, to an extent, was able to keep that. I just think Les lacked lacked the ability to grade out offensive quarterbacks at times uh, and wide receivers Change sometimes. Change mindset. Time. Yeah, it just, I just think he lacked that. His brand. And O, o did it. Look, I'll give it to him. O was from the same, same, you know, generation as Les in that, in that core. But Saban seen it coming, and that's what makes him one of the greatest college coaches in history is Saban stayed in front of it. You know, and mm-hmm. Coach O initially – Coach O initially was like kind of got caught in his old. And then he said, wait a minute, I'm going to get fired if I don't. And he said, oh, we got to change this. We got to go find a young guy that can run the spread. We got So he caught himself before he fell off that cliff like less and less to this day. Go watch a Kansas football game. It kills me. OK, I love less. He's a great man. I got a picture of him hanging up in my sports room with a signature holding the national championship. I love less. But. He'll never change because you go watch a Kansas football game, they're running the toss dive, man, and it's just <laughs> rough to see. Um, but, no, uh, it's – I think – I mean, Saban for that – look, Saban was able to kind of restart this program up, and it was kind of – go. it was definitely trending down. But, oh, I think grabbed it just in time, Charles, just in time to say, hey, you know what? Let's get that feeling back. And, you know, LSU's you know, obviously really, really looking good now. Yep. And look, the age of the transfers has been huge for this program. Mm-hmm. You think about that, uh, just in what guys like Joe Burrow, uh, you know, have brought to this program. I mean, multiple guys, you know, think about Cole Tracy last year. Think about what Fajoko and a guy like Thaddeus Moss have been doing for this program. It, the transfer age has helped, and O's taken advantage of that. And O's gone outside of the state, which is huge. Miles never really did that. Mm-hmm. You look at his classes when they were down it correlated with down years in terms of talent in the state. And, and oh, you look at his class this year, yeah, look, he's nabbed the top talent in the state, but he's also nabbed the top talent in other states, whether it be California, Texas, uh, Georgia, Florida, the DMV area up in the Northeast. Yeah. I mean, he's gone all over the place, and, and that's what's huge. But um, 
Josh, it should be an exciting weekend this weekend as LSU looks to wrap up the SEC West for the first time since 2011. It's been a long time coming, Josh, but uh, I'm looking forward to it this weekend. Yeah, I think, it's, I think it's exciting for LSU fans. I think sometimes we get caught up in the moment, Charles, and you, we see it on, we see it on the, the blogs and, and Twitter and, you know, Facebook and everything. People kind of get caught up in the moment. But I think this weekend, LSU should win this game pretty handily. And I think just the weekend as fans, you know, take a step back, man, and realize what we were talking about in week one, even on this pod, you know, hey, even on this show and all the radio shows that yeah, we do, think about what we were talking about week one and week two. Talk about Texas, man. I hope we can get through Texas. I don't know if this offense is really. Here we are. We've got a chance to go 11-0, and win the West, and play for the SEC championship. Think how it's changed in the last eight weeks, you know. So enjoy it. I see too many fans, I think, not enjoying the moment because come next year, Miles Brennan might be a really good quarterback, but he's probably not going to be Joe Burrow. You know, that's once in every 30-year quarterback. So enjoy the moment now. It's because this is this is rare air where we're sitting at right now with a quarterback like that. So hopefully a lot of LSU fans get to enjoy the game, get to enjoy that. We've doing, we're doing something special this year, you know, and hopefully we can continue to do something special. But, Charles, like, as you know, I mean, it's, it's tough every single year. It's going to be tough in the SEC. So, you know, it's hard to follow up a year like this with another, you know, undefeated 10-0 at this point. So just, I would just tell LSU fans to chill out and, you know, and enjoy, enjoy, the, enjoy the fun and the success LSU's having. Yeah, note on Burrow, you think about it. Uh, LSU, I, look, I'd have to look in the history books. Last time they had an offensive guy that was a finalist for the Heisman. They'll have a finalist this year. Last time I had a finalist was Tyron Matthew. So, you know, that just gives you a little sense of it. LSU got one Heisman winner in their history. And uh, I think I, – I'm trying to think of who said it. It might have been Hunt Palmer said, hey, TJ Ribs, make room for that uh, <laughs> that second Heisman trophy because it's that. coming. Yeah. You know, so yeah. it, it's something I expect. But, look, both Josh and I have LSU winning big this weekend. Uh, no surprise there. Uh, maybe some recruiting news will come next week, but we will have y'all uh, recapped as we will put out our Arkansas and LSU recap pod beginning of next week. Uh, make sure y'all go ahead and follow Josh on Twitter at LSU Truth. Check out his website at LSU Truth.com. Follow the Primetime podcast if you don't already on Twitter at Primetime underscore pod to keep up to date with our podcast and all news LSU, whether it be football, baseball, basketball. Uh, and even some Saints and Pell stuff as well. But for Josh Lemoyne, my name is Charles Reese, your host. Y'all have a great weekend. Enjoy some LSU football and celebrate what we hope to be a division-clinching win uh, this weekend. But as always, God bless.